The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of Afternoons with Mike. So happy to have you along with us. And even if you're listening on the podcast later, it might be uh, weeks later. We're glad to have you along. Uh, At the time of this recording, for us who are listening live, we're talking about the 5th of December. It's crazy that Christmas is already now in view. We've got made it through the Thanksgiving holiday, and uh, I love this time of year. It's such a reflective time of year about all things with the birth of Jesus, obviously, and we just had this past weekend our big children's production at our church, and I loved seeing all of that, the, the faces of little children who are expressing their love and joy that they feel at Christmas time. It's such a wonderful thing. And on the line with me today, a regular to my program over the last couple of years, uh, Marina Hoffman is a professor at the Palm Beach Atlantic University, and that is down in Palm Beach. Although we do have uh, a regular guest up here with Joe Sharp as well uh, in the Orlando campus, but uh, Marina is uh, a teacher down in the Palm Beach area, and it is such a joy to have you back on the program. Welcome, Marina. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm with you all the way at the beauty of the season. And to me, it's so special when I'm shopping, of all things, and you hear a beautiful line from one of the Christmas hymns about our dear Lord, and what an uplifting time amid the busyness. It it certainly is. And, you know, the real meaning of Christmas on so many is lost. I'm and sadly to say they don't know. And with uh, just only a secular worldview, everything is about gift giving and Santa Claus and fighting the holiday traffic and all. But for those that know the Lord and really know the real meaning behind Christmas, this is uh, the, indeed what the songwriter said, the most wonderful time of the year. I believe it is. It's my favorite time of year, and we've just entered into it. So I'm grateful for that. Now, before we talk about uh, something that is really near and dear to your heart, uh, tell us about this uh, recent meeting that you've had and what's going on with your uh, Bible study down there with the ladies. Yes, you know, very simply, we a few of us admitted that we wanted some friends who would really be true friends there for us, people we could talk to on the phone and not feel weird to call them. So we started to get together, just three of us, and here we are a year and a half later. We've grown so much. We just had a fellowship brunch, very simple plan, just a time to get ready. I think we were there two and a half hours just fellowshipping and eating. And if you would believe it or not, we had 90 women from our community come And I received so many messages after just reflecting on the healing and the encouragement and joy in the midst of all the hardships we all face day to day and the blessing that it was to meet with other spirit-filled women who just seek to encourage one another and be encouraged. So I was reminded of the power of community. Boy, isn't that true? We need each other. Even if we don't know it, we need each other so badly. And how wonderful it is to have that kind of a... a, And, you know, I'm sure you probably never thought that that would happen, that it would grow to be that big. No, we have 500 people in our network, and we've decided to reach out to youth. So we have a whole youth program we're launching in January And it blows me away the support we receive. And yet, on the other hand, it doesn't, because I think all of us are going through a hard time. And all of us have times of depression and anxiety and just frustration. I think that's the nature of the world. It doesn't, it's not satisfying to sit there and look through social media, is it? We need real people. And as we admit, as we admit that to one another, it's amazing. Woman after woman says, wow, how do I join up? How do I sign up? Please invite me. And that's what we do. And we grow. 
Yeah, I I think it's awesome, and that is the real deal. Not like the the kind of uh, it's virtual friendships that people have, and that will never replace the real deal of fellowship, like what you said that you've just enjoyed when you get ladies together that are just not satisfied with the world's uh, viewpoints about what friendship is. The Bible is the one that has the real deal and teaches us what true fellowship is. And I, I just love that you're doing that. Tell us what uh, you teach at Palm Beach. I teach in the Bible and theology department. And one of the core courses that we offer at our university is an overview of the Bible. So amongst all the things I do, the main one is to interact with students across the board from all our programs giving them an overview of the Bible and trying to make it come alive for them and give them a taste of God's Word that they then will read for themselves long after the course is done. That's right. Now, you've shared your story of uh, the car crash that nearly took your life, nearly destroyed you, and all of that happening right on the eve of just when uh, you were ready, finally, after years of, of schooling and education and getting your doctorate, you're on your way, and it's just like you're almost to the position that uh, you had longed for for all these years, and then this automobile accident happened, almost ended it all, right? That's right. It was a few years ago, and shocking. I mean, no one expects these things. People have a picture of their life. They never think something so traumatic can happen, but my husband and I almost lost our lives in a few different ways. And the chance of our survival was in truly zero. But God led the people around us to see the problems and to help us and to preserve our life. I think in five different ways, God worked out that the right person was right there to help me to save my life. So the story of our survival physically is an incredible story of God's miracle working intervention in time just for us, what we needed. And yet as a week or so passed and we had come out of our surgeries and we were doing okay physically, we saw what needed to be done in our recovery and we had hope, it really became clear to me that something was very wrong, Mike. I couldn't really speak. I had a hard time even thinking. And I discovered in the days after the accident, as I'm sitting there in ICU, that I've had a severe brain injury. And uh, connected to that was a chemical imbalance so Mm. that I didn't feel any joy. I was continuously depressed. My brain wasn't releasing the proper hormones and just endomorphines. And then this all led to severe PTSD. So I was a mess. I was fearful all the time. And that road to recovery was several years learning to trust God learning that I could be afraid, but I still had to move forward with my life. I couldn't spend the rest of my day sitting on a couch thinking how horrible the world was. So God did two very different miracles in my life, one instantaneous and the other over time. And I think a lot of people that would hear that, they're going to resonate and think what you expressed and how you expressed it is so helpful that you you came out, you survived the initial accident, but then you're as you're just kind of like surveying everything that's going on in your life, you begin to realize that you're somewhat a prisoner in your own body at that point in the sense you don't have all of the same abilities that you had before this accident. And that's what happens when a severe brain injury happens. A person does not have the ability to communicate. They can't even, they they can't even perceive all of the things that are going on. And here you are uh, on your way to a, a position in teaching college, college level. I'm sure that that was something weighing heavily. And you're wondering if that's ever going to happen. You're very right. And in a sense, you are re-traumatized as you get better and realize the gravity of the situation. I mean, it's hard to describe what it's like when you can't think and you want to say something, but you're not sure any of the words and they come out all wrong and stuttered. So there was a trauma of the event. And then there was the trauma of realizing how very different my life was and adjusting to a new normal while also a part of me not wanting to accept it and not even believing that what I was facing was God's plan for my life, knowing that 
there was something much more, but it seemed so unreachable. You know, that lack of joy that you were experiencing, uh, I had a uh, program last week and we were talking about the fact that in Christmas time, in this fourth quarter, it is by those that work in mental health will tell you, it is the most, uh, I guess, frequent opportunity month-wise of the year in December for people to experience depression to feel loneliness, to feel sadness. What advice would you have to somebody who's going through that right now? You know, I really understand that. And when good things happen, even the joys of Christmas, if we don't have someone close to share it with, it can lead to feeling depression. I was reading a study on that the other day, and I think we can all resonate with having good news and You know, how empty is it when we can only share it on Instagram? So there's a lot of struggles of the season. I love to share what my mentor told me when it comes to family. And she said, we all have family struggles. We all have relationships in our family that are not as we wish, whether a sibling, a parent, um, or a child who seems so distant from us. But she deals with it by holding on to the good moments with great joy and considering the blessings of them Mm. and not really thinking much about the hardships. And I've tried that myself. And there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful perspective we have on life when we take every moment that works out, whether we get a phone call from our children or whether our parents do decide to come and visit us and stay at our home, all the good things to hold on to them, to appreciate them, to be very present in that moment and then to surrender everything else and the pain that sometimes comes up in relationships with our family and friends to give that pain to God. And I've shared that with many people, Mike, and many people have found comfort and appreciation for that perspective, because no matter how bad a relationship can be, we don't know the future. And God, there's always hope God will restore those relationships. Yeah, he does. And you know, when I think about hearing your story, number one, you you came through the severity of the accident and the obvious injuries. Then number two, this uh, byproduct, if you will, of the injury to your brain, uh, causing you to have this chemical imbalance and the depression. But then there's the third thing that happened. And that was you began to realize that now your body wasn't wasn't responding the way to give the dream of your heart to have a child. And it seemed like you were going to be infertile on top of all of those other things. And yet God moved in that area too. It's true. And I was even wondering if I should try to have a child. I felt so messed up in such a fragment of what I had been before. I wondered if I was even good enough to be a mom anymore. So it was a very hard time, but God was gracious. And again, I can only say by a miracle, the doctor said the chance of me having a child was (laughs) 0.001. So what can I say? But God extended his grace and mercy to me again to give me the beautiful gift of my little one. And through my pregnancy, and this is, I think it's funny, but you know, there's a little idea that pregnancy sometimes makes women feel crazy and act a bit crazy. And yet for me, I was already crazy. So the miracle (laughs) was that getting pregnant and all those positive hormones reset me to my old normal self. Oh, that's great. It was beautiful. Here I was so filled with joy and excitement that I got pregnant and then terrified of what would happen after. And one day passes and I'm still feeling well. And a second day passes. And I was very scared, Mike, that all of my depression would flood back, and what's that going to impact my little newborn now? But God kept giving me one beautiful day after another, and Christmas came around. And it was now six months since I had given birth to Willow, and I was still not depressed. So at Christmas, I finally surrendered to the Lord and said, I'm not going to live in fear and anxiety of my depression returning. I'm going to accept the gift that you've healed me. And I can move forward and I can put the past behind me. That is such a beautiful thing. Sometimes we do fear, fear itself, right? I mean, yeah, that's exactly what you're saying right there. There, it, It's not a matter of the current situation of depression. There was a fear that it might return. And we just got to live in faith for that, that God is not going to let that happen and move forward just like you did. 
and I appreciate your testimony. I think it's really encouraging, and people fight with this much more than what those that don't know it or those that's never had to deal with it. It's a big deal, and I'm I'm so grateful for you. Uh, I really appreciate that. Now, you've written an award-winning book. It's called Women in the Bible, and you talk about the life of Mary. We're going to get more into this in, in a moment, but tell us what's the current state of of how things are going. You've won awards with this book already, right? That's right. And it's at this point a bestseller. And, you know, it just keeps spreading. I can't tell you. It's almost embarrassing, but I'll be in public at a restaurant just being my ordinary self. And someone will say, I'm sorry, but did you write that book on women in the Bible? And they say, oh, we did a Bible study, and it was so encouraging, and we were together every week, and we're so thankful. What a blessing it is. It's so unexpected, and I'm just thankful that God gave me the opportunity to bring some of the stories of these women to life because they have so much to offer us today. Now, when you were doing your studies, and obviously you're a professor of Bible and theology there at Palm Beach at uh, PBA, uh, this this whole topic of women in the Bible, was that something that it's been germinating in you for a long time? Yes, I love their stories, and I started to do studies on them in my master's and then touched on some of the stories in my dissertation. So I had a lot of academic background from my education. Mm-hmm. But then after the accident, honestly, Mike, I felt very isolated. And I'm not saying it entirely negative. I do believe there's a time where we need rest and restoration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was kind of me and Jesus and my husband, and that was okay for a while. But as I came out of that, I needed friends and I didn't know where to start. So I just did what I knew, which was the Bible. So I literally returned to these stories looking for someone to share my sorrow and share my journey with me, not really knowing what I would get in return. So reading these women from a very personal place of suffering and trial, I was amazed. You know, um, your listeners will know what I'm saying, but every time I read a story, Mike, I thought, that's me. That's exactly what I'm going through. So it was an exciting time, and I took notes, and then I just decided to put it all together in hopes that I could bless someone else and help them find friendship in comfort in these women who have gone through so many of the same things as us. Thousands of years different, and the situation is different, but the human experience is the same. Well, we're going to delve into that uh, book in just a moment. Before we do, I know that you did add one other role that came about as a result of Willow being added to your life, and that you, in addition to teaching college, you're a homeschooler, right? Yes, and I love it. Let me say it is so much easier than people can ever imagine, and I think it's really a lie of society and culture and the enemy to try and think that we are not fully capable to raise our children at home and teach them everything they need. And I love to say the example of every parent's already a homeschool parent. How does a child learn to walk and talk? Very, very hard. Walking is so hard. Anyone who broke their foot knows it takes months to learn to walk properly again. And we've all taught our children how to walk and talk. So we've done the two hardest things. And from there, we can just keep growing with our little ones. And how, what a sacred blessing it is to be able to impart so much to Willow and not have to entrust that to anyone else. And there's such a sense and a great degree of indoctrination that's going on in so many schools. And so, parents, this is a wonderful opportunity. I know that you'll be encouraged as we go through with this uh, next segment with Marina, talking about her look into the Word and studying the life. And we'll talk about Mary coming up in a moment. But I just want you to know, man, it really blesses me, Marina, to hear your faith about just everything we've talked about, about healing, about homeschooling, about the Bible. Uh, You really are a source of inspiration. So thank you for that. And we'll be back with Marina Hoffman. That's H-O-F-M-A-N. And we'll be talking about her book, Women in the Bible, coming up in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. 
No wonder EC Water's air conditioning and heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. My guest today is Marina Hoffman. I've uh, been privileged to have Marina on the last couple of years. Always love bringing her on in the Christmas season because she has this wonderful book and this great study. And of course, Christmas is uh, often telling and sharing the story of the birth of Jesus and the life of Mary and how important and integral she was to the whole story. And it just I just never get tired of it. I've loved the movie that came out a number of years ago called Nativity. And I thought that was such a really great presentation. And, you know, obviously since then there's The Chosen that's, uh, that's out. And, and the, it, it kind of touched on that in the in some of its prequels and so here we go the life of mary uh and i know you relate to mary i mean you think about the the opportunities for uh, concern and anxiety and maybe even depression that could have hit mary here's a here's an unwed woman finding herself albeit by god almighty but finding herself pregnant and not married in an unexpected condition as she was, I am sure she had a lot to be worried about. Absolutely. And she goes through a life change. And even though none of us are going to get that type of announcement, we've all gone (laughs) through life change. And I think for our listeners today and our commitment to God and faith, I think we can relate to Mary in times where we were called to do something And we knew it was from the Lord, but it was so challenging, and we still maybe doubted it, maybe wanted a sign that it was true. And we had to make the choice. Are we going to say yes to God? Are we going to be willing to do something sacrificial? And for Mary, of course, sacrificial, heartbreaking. Are we willing to take a hard road that God calls us to that might have suffering because he has a plan? And can we trust him like Mary did? You know, yesterday I had a um, guest on, and he was telling me, Michael Johnson was his name, and he was telling me about the fact that he was called by God to do a major life change as well. He was an advertising guy, and in the middle of all of that, uh, he he was challenged to take over uh, an area of ministry with an organization that brought about a, a real change in his life, and that means giving up a career. You know, when you talk about this life change that Mary went through, I don't think a lot of us really have considered what it meant to suddenly be thrust into a life change to where you are coming from being now a young maiden who was uh, maybe looking to be married to Joseph, and suddenly you're being told by an angel that you're going to be the mother of the Son of God and conceived supernaturally that had to be an amazing thing. How did she, how do you think she responded and found the meaning of all of that in the right way? Well, for one, I think it's incredible that she's willing to believe that this calling is from the Lord right away. And I think that helps her find meaning and purpose because on the hard days, she remembers this is from the Lord, and she knows that God has visited her, God has seen her, God cares about her. Again, what a comfort. And when we can have in our hearts the reality of God with us, Emmanuel, what a comfort it is, what a strength to move forward. And, you know, it gives us meaning, but also, Mike, when we don't see the meaning, when we have to wait and patiently move forward without seeing God at work in our situation, we still have a sense of meaning simply in the fact that we're doing what God has called us to and trusting that God is doing things we may never see Mm. in the background. 
Now, you were so right when you said that we're never going to get the uh, announcement that Mary got. But a lot of us still are looking for that meaning in our lives. And I know especially the ladies that are listening as they are trying to relate to the life of Mary and in terms of how she responded to the big changes, there are many things that they can learn from Mary on, even though they're not going to ever face again the announcement that she faced and carried that particular level. But still, there's much that can be really related to, right? There is. And, you know, it's it's funny because if we step back and look at her specific calling, Mary is called to bear Christ. And that is all embodying for her, of course, to literally bring him into the world. But, Mike, what a day it was when I was reflecting on the call of Mary. And um, if your audience is interested, I talk about this in the book because I think it's fascinating. We also bear Christ. Not physically, of course, but to think of us bearing Christ and His Word, in our words and actions, to bring Christ into the world of our family, of our friends. So in the sense, we don't have the same calling as Mary, but isn't it beautiful to think how we also do? We're called every day to bear Christ and to bring Christ into the darkness and the loneliness and the hurt of our world. You know, I love the fact that as we do that very thing, we can relate in the sense to what Mary did because she had to survive in that day, a day at a time. I mean, you know, it's like my parents told me one time, I remember this, I was a little guy and there were a lot of frustrations that were happening in my life at that point and and trying just like every kid going through, trying to find their way, trying to find their voice. My mom looked at me and, and said something I have never forgotten. She said, son, you've just got to be patient with your dad and me because we've never been parents before. And I thought that was wise. Mary had never done any of this before either. And she had to face day to day faithfulness too. That's so beautiful. And Mike, I think I might steal that line from my own daughter. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I It blessed me in my life. I tell you, it did. Yeah, it comes back to Mary as well. You think she had no idea what she's doing, but I love one decision she makes. What's the first thing we really read about her doing? She goes to visit Elizabeth. And I think that's a powerful lesson for us because she basically searches out someone who has also gone before her. And we might think no one can relate to Mary, but we have the story of her cousin Elizabeth and Elizabeth's miraculous, unexpected pregnancy Mm -hmm. and the call and burden that this child would be special. And every mom can relate to the burden of responsibility to raise a child in the way of the Lord and to not mess that child up. It's a burden. It's a burden we carry every day and a responsibility. So Mary finds Elizabeth. She spends time with her. And what a wise decision and what wisdom for us to surround ourselves with mentors and people who have gone before and can relate to our struggles, but are just a step or two ahead of us in the journey so they can also give us wisdom. You know, Mary had to have something that I believe it's important for all of us in our lives. We can relate in this area. Mary had to submit to the Lord in humility. And that really was an important characteristic in her life. And it's something that I believe every believer needs to really work. And the things that God's called us to bear, we need to to take that and accept it the way Mary did, right? Yes, and for people who are strong leaders and like to plan and like to have lists, I would say I'm a list person myself. I like to have plan A, B, and C in the background. And what does that mean to me? Well, humility to me is trusting God and trusting Him enough to have a good night's sleep, even though I don't have it all planned out. And that's a struggle for me. Even my plan A, if it's to trust the Lord, I still have plan B or C for Marina making it work out just in case. So I love that Mary doesn't seem to be that way. She seems, from the glimpses we have of her, to be someone who has the humility to trust God and to walk day by day. And I think that's a beautiful message for parents as well. I mean, how do we raise children? 
it doesn't really happen over years. It happens day by day, trusting God, and every day trying to bear the fruit of the Spirit, whether that's as parents, in our workplace, whatever community God has given us, that faithfulness is shown in day by day. And I think we can excel at that when we work on humility before God and trusting God rather than trying to do things in the flesh. And Mike, I'm reminded that our weak our weakness is when we try to be in our own strength. And yet the New Testament tells us our great strength is when we're willing to be vulnerable and weak, and therefore God becomes our strength. You know, in your story earlier, you were talking about how God set you free from the fear of a return of that depression. And, and I believe that this is perfect for helping us avoid even anxieties of tomorrow that could come because of the fact that the scripture tells us not to worry about tomorrow. Uh, there's plenty of things today to get through and trust the Lord with. But you know, one of the things that is for sure, God's grace is going to be enough, not only for today, but also for tomorrow. So as we trust in God, after a while, there is a bit of a, and this is what you went through. There's a bit of retraining even in our hearts and our minds, right? Yes, and I think of the many, many times I was so worried and frustrated and invested so much time in thinking, what do I do if I have willow and then I'm depressed? Or what do I do if I can't get my head organized and I, I'm, not a, I'm not a strong mom for her because of my brain injury? What if all these things, those were such wasted moments and I learned from it. And now my perspective, when I find myself falling into that trap of what if this goes wrong and that goes wrong, I try to remind myself and what what is what could go right. Right. What That's the life right? of a Christian. If we put our faith in God and we <laughs> like move that. forward, what's the best we can ask and imagine for this situation to be? Because what does scripture say? God gives us more than we can ask or imagine. So I try every day, Mike, to put my perspective instead on imagining the goodness and the mercy and the blessings of God, not the things that could go wrong. And if I'm if I'm honest with you, when my mind goes to the things that could go wrong, what does that reflect? Mm. That's not a person who trusts the Lord. That's a person who's relying on myself apart from the Lord. So I sometimes have a wake up from the Lord saying, no, stop putting faith in yourself. To be a person uh, of Christian faith is to put our faith in God. And that means not having doubts and fears. That means knowing God is in control. I love it. Now I'm going to steal that one from you. What could go right today? That is such a beautiful thought. And yet I, I know that so many of us, we don't think that way. We are always thinking the negative. What could go wrong? Well, yeah, I could fall down. I could break my leg. Yeah, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. But friends, what could go right today when we've got our eyes on Jesus? Now, one thing that I know you're discovering, I think all parents do discover, and that is the joy and the, the twinkle of the eye of our children as you see Willow, uh, the, the human connection that happens between a parent and the child. It's so remarkable. We've got to we've got to have those kind of connections in our life, not just with our own children, but with friends and the community of Christ. That's what you're finding out in your meetings. Uh, that's something that is also very special and needs to be remembered this time of year. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, and that's where I find meaning. I mean, I used to find meaning in accomplishing things and moving toward a goal, and maybe that's okay. Maybe that's a bit of personality. I still have my personality, but this group I've started and the fellowship and friendships I've made, I find so much meaning now in investing in the lives of others. And the highlight of my day is not necessarily accomplishing my to-do list, but the few minutes I had to call a friend or just sit down even with my daughter and spend time with her. So it's a much slower paced life. It's a much richer life. And for those that are frustrated and they feel like they've, they're on a train and they can't get off, yeah. I think one way to get off the high speed of the world that we're pushed into living is to build friendships and to allow ourselves to be very present and patient and to have those moments where we're sharing a coffee with a friend to live fully in that moment. And that's really what gives us meaning to go on the next day. Now, going back to Mary for a moment, we talked about earlier about this time of year being 
given almost by a lot of uh, mental health professionals as saying that this is going to be the time that a lot of people are going to be experiencing more of the depression and the sorrow and the, the down days than at any other time during the year. Yet we know that Christmas should be full of joy. So, how you know, we know that Mary had to deal with this. What advice do you have for people who are from the study of Mary that you did? How can they use that story, her life, as a catalyst to say, I'm not going to do that this year? Yes, I think Mary presents someone that was very counterculture and against the norms of society by having a child from the Holy Spirit and deciding to allow God to do this within her. And we hear later that she's called blessed and favored by God. And I think this perspective of pushing against society norms and entering into the joy of being blessed and favored by God is a key for us. And I think in our lives today, it means pushing aside the things that society wants us to do at Christmas. Maybe our gifts aren't wrapped perfectly, and maybe not everything is just so, but instead entering into the presence of the Lord and the blessing and the favor of God. And I think one of the hardships of Christmas is that it brings up pain. You know, I I think of the parents who have dear children who don't really want to come home for Christmas. They don't talk much on the phone if we even get a phone call. And those are very hard moments. But if we can find our blessing in the goodness God has given us, if we have a phone call to enjoy every second and then to surrender to God the hardships, if we can do that and fix our eyes instead on God's blessing, I think that change in perspective gives us hope and helps us to resist falling into depression. You know, as we talked earlier, Mike, things could be terrible this season. Many things could go wrong. We could have accidents and and relationships could be made worse. All that's possible. But when we fix our eyes on Christ, then we have the perspective of the good that God could bring about. And maybe this is the season where God does within our family more than we can ask or imagine, even more than we have prayed for years. I love it. I am going to share this with my wife today. What could go right? I, that, uh, that's been the theme. That's my walk away from our time. This is so great. How can people find your book, Marina? Well, Women in the Bible, small group Bible study. It's on Amazon. And if you support Michael and Dell, you can go to his store, my store and get it. And I would love for you to look at my website where you'll find all the videos that go along with each lesson. And, you know, we're talking about the meaning and community and how important human connections is. And that's really why I made it a Bible study. I hope every time someone hears the name of my book, they're reminded that they, they're not alone and they can get a neighbor, a friend, a sister, and take an hour a week to go through this Bible study, to be encouraged together, to pray together, and to grow in the Lord. And I know it will be life-changing. I've heard many testimonies. So just dive into God's Word, and I would love them to get my book on Amazon and give it to a sister, a mom, a friend this Christmas. Women in the Bible, small group Bible study. I've got just enough time to ask you. I know that every year when you have a little one like Willow, every year is a little bit different because she's older and her eyes are getting brighter and more excited about Christmas. What special thing are you looking forward to this year? This year for my husband's gift, Willow and I got a little book with all kinds of questions. We just got it off Amazon, a a book with questions about her favorite thing about her dad, the best part of hanging out with him. And she has been working every day for at least an hour trying to make it so beautiful and meaningful. And she's already put in way more time than I thought she would. So that'll be special. And I I'll have to tell him, don't listen to the end of this interview. Um, (laughs) But yes. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah, just spending time investing in a meaningful gift that has nothing to do with the price, but has everything to do with the time and thoughts and effort that went into it. Marina Hoffman, it's a joy to talk with you again. Can't wait till the next time, okay? Thank you. All right, God bless you, friends. We'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855 855- 
481-9095. Back again now for segment three on the program. So glad to have you along with us. It's always great to have Marina Huffman on and she is such a knowledgeable person. Her story is so fantastic. So thank you, Marina, for being with us once again. A couple of great guests are coming up here on my program. Tomorrow, I should have George Camel. He's one of the representatives with Dave Ramsey. You might hear George on the uh, on the show for Dave. He's going to be with me. And then the next day will be Dave Zanotti, and that will be on Thursday. So great shows coming up this week. Stay tuned for all of that. Uh, having Dave Zanotti here is, is so wonderful. His viewpoints, as you know, they're just so incredibly spot on and helpful in giving us a real look through what's happening in our lives today through the lens of a biblical worldview. All right, time now for segment three, and we're going to go into the archives. A guy by the name of Brad Hopp, who is with Samaritan Ministries, by the way. We might be talking about that. But Brad was injured. He is a farmer, and he was injured on a tractor accident. So here is the story of Brad Hopp. You have a farming background, so it's not uncommon at all for you to be on the tractor. And tell no. us what happened on the day of the accident. What was going on? So we were, we were, uh, I was using an old Farmall 400, which is like the old, uh, if you ever see a picture of the 1950s red Farmall tractor, that's pretty much what I had. And, and um, we were cleaning up the front yard and doing some work out there. And, and uh, I was, I was going out to dump a load out of the loader um, into a dump pile that I have and, and was coming down into the ditch. And I, I, um, what I didn't see along the shoulder of the road was a little dip and I was still running parallel to the ditch and, and I hit that dip and it, it rocked the tractor sideways and, and uh, barrel rolled it into the ditch uh, six feet down. Oh. I ended up underneath the passenger's tire with the tire still in drive and still turning and, and uh, uh, through the grace of God and through, I know I had angels there, uh, the tires on my pelvis rolling. I reach up, I find the axle blind, I can't see it, and I push it off. I'm laying on my side, and, and um, the tractor just hops, and uh, I couldn't push you over, over with the weight that I pushed the tractor with and, and crawled out five or six feet away with a broken pelvis. And, and I knew what I had done. I knew right away that my pelvis was broken. And, and oh, uh, my goodness. crawled five or six feet away, and the tractor started on fire. And, and uh, somebody was coming down the highway towards me and saw me go over, and and uh, stopped and got the EMTs there and, and everything. And, and it was really amazing because the EMTs were all at the firehouse. We have a volunteer fire department. They were all at the firehouse. The ambulance crews were at the firehouse and the firefighters were at the firehouse already because they were going to go do a controlled burn. And so um, the EMTs were to me within probably seven minutes. I mean, obviously I wasn't looking at my watch, but I, yeah, I'm right. estimating approximately seven minutes. You had bigger things on your mind at that moment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, there are so many aspects of a miraculous uh, gift that God gave you on that day. Mm -hmm. You know, I've heard, Brad, I've heard numerous stories in my lifetime about how adrenaline kicks in with people when, they are, when they're oppressed with mm -hmm. a need. And here you are, mm -hmm. you're actually injured with a, not a small injury at that, a broken no. pelvic bone. And this tractor is literally laying on you with the the, the wheel turning on you. My goodness, right. that was like it was just driving you further and further and down in, in this thing. And somehow right. you push the tractor off. Was that with one arm yeah. or two? Not that it really matters. It's but Just one. No, it was just one. I was, oh, my, my left side was laying on the ground and the, and the tractor was on my right side. And, oh. and uh, yeah, it was just one handed and. And like I said, I couldn't push you over with the weight that I pushed a tractor with. No way. I mean, yeah. I, I, I know I had angels. Yeah. And there's not any question in my mind. We hear this. It's kind of a used expression over and over. You really shouldn't be alive. I mean, I've heard no. that. And, and But that really does describe you, Brad. You shouldn't be alive. Right. But God was not done with you, man. Right. That is so right. exciting. And so tell us, how did Samaritan come to your rescue on that? So we had been Samaritans for members for several years, and, and they, uh, you know, first off, they helped us negotiate down the bills um, because we're considered self-pay. 
the medical bills are going to be over 150,000 uh, to cover my surgery and rehab and all that. And uh, um, they helped us negotiate it down to like 75,000. Um, and then all the Samaritan members, uh, you know, that were assigned to our need, uh, sent their payments to us, and, and uh, we got all of our, our medical bills covered. We had to cover our portion or our share out of it, which was three hundred dollars. So, Isn't you know, that out of something? a seventy-five thousand dollar bill, we had to cover three hundred. I think that has got to be encouraging to people who are needing to make a change. And you know, in Florida, mm-hmm. we're we're going through constantly seeing uh, insurance companies of all kinds raise rates, and that's true for mm-hmm. health insurance. It's going on right now, even in property insurance in Florida in a major way. But to, to realize that you had that level of bill and that mm-hmm. low amount of outgo on your own part, right. that's just amazing. Right. Another miracle. Well, yeah. And, and you know, you, you look at it this way, you know, when you're in a time of, of that need, of that amount of need, where you're not going to be working. I mean, I was supposed to be non-walking for three months, no working for six months. Um, another miracle was that I walked out of my my follow-up appointment six weeks after my surgery. Um, but, wow. And then two weeks later, I was dragging luggage across Chicago here, going back to my my normal, at the time, day job of delivering fire trucks and stuff. And, and uh, um, so... You know, when you're when you're faced with being off work for that long, and then to only have to pay three hundred dollars, you know, is another miracle in itself. My goodness. Well, friends, if you are in that boat, uh, Samaritan Ministries website is the following: SamaritanMinistries.org, and you can mm-hmm. be like Brad, go there, check it out, and find that. And they're not paying me at all for that. I just think it's a marvelous option for mm-hmm. a lot of people who are looking for this. Now, after you healed, uh, it's like mm-hmm. uh, now not only are you a brand new man physically and given a, another lease on life from God, man, he just blessed you and mm-hmm. he wasn't done with you. And maybe part of the plan that he had for saving your life was what you started mm-hmm. getting involved in in 2017. Uh, and after that accident, uh, this this thing of tra- human trafficking and helping girls, particularly in uh, in the Asia Asian young ladies, uh, and mm-hmm. delivering them from sex trade. How did that come about? So my business partner is a missionary over in Communist Asia, and he and and uh, his team over there work with the underground church. They work with leper villages. Um, they work with you know orphanages uh, and so on. But he had had um, his cover was that he had an American fair restaurant and he had two young ladies that came into the restaurant and uh, as employees and and they both became Christians and they uh, had a heart to see girls come out of the brothels. And and in this particular country, their cover story for brothels is they're a karaoke club. And uh, so the girls built relationships with the brothel owners and with the girls in the brothels. And, and one day they said to, to my partner, they said, Hey, do you, you know, or they would said to the brothel owner, rather, they said, do you want to meet an American that speaks our language? And he said, well, I've never met an American, let alone one that speaks my language. And, uh, and so he, he sat down with Andrew and, and uh, he became a Christian and set all of his girls free. And then he started helping us rescue more. Well, those two girls that were working in the restaurant are now our assistant house moms. And um, wow. we give the girls all new clothing, all new toiletries. We literally go in and steal them from the brothels. Um, we get them into our rescue and rehab facility. We we ask the girls if they want to come with us. We have a female staff that goes on the rescue missions with us. And, and she, she asked the girls, you know, do you want to come with us? We're getting you out of here. We're getting you to safety. 100% of them have said yes. And uh, um, it can be very, very, very dangerous work. Um, we've had some circumstances where where uh, uh, brothel owners were coming after Andrew and or eight brothel owners coming after Andrew. And, and uh, through uh, God's grace, um, he was actually arrested um, Isn't that by something? the government of this country to, for his own protection. They didn't, you know... Uh, it was it was completely <laughs> it was completely a miracle. So, but the organization uh, that you formed is called the Tashua Tea Company. 
Tell us about yes. that name. That's a little bit unusual, Teshua. Right. Yeah, so Teshua is actually the Hebrew word for deliverance, but in the language of the of the of the people we're working with, um, it actually translates into special tree. So the T E is special, the S H U is the tree, and the A H is an exclamation point at the end of the sentence. So for us it's it's really symbolic of what we're doing because our deliverance comes through a very special tree. Now, now and, uh, that is a great illustration. What a metaphor that the cross mm-hmm. would be the tree that really offers the hope of the world. And that is so true. Teshua right. Tea Company. And so this is operating and delivering. Uh, what is that like for you to be part of this and to see this? How often do you get to interact with this and uh, the missionary friend and all of the ministry going on through Teshua. So Andrew is on our on our board and, and um, for our nonprofit, and and uh, so I get to interact with him pretty pretty regularly. I haven't gotten to go over there yet, um, but for me, it's it's really fun to watch the girls because we have one that's become a licensed insurance agent, we have one that's become a licensed cosmetologist and opened her own beauty salon. We have two that have become assistant house moms, and I'm watching the gospel in action deliver these girls. You know, because you have a lot of NGOs and, and different organizations mm-hmm. that are rescuing girls, but they miss the key component of the gospel. And it's the gospel that really brings the change and, and really is the key to helping them recover. Uh, and And when you see that, they're experiencing it firsthand, and, and I'm excited to watch what happens and what, watch what God does, because they're going to just be absolute sticks of dynamite in this in this country. Wow. Teshua Tea Company, what a great name. Again, uh, meaning in Hebrew, deliverance, but in their mm-hmm. language in Asia, carrying an entirely different metaphor, that right. of a special tree. To think that you're mm-hmm. touching these, and I understand that you've had over 60 young ladies that's been delivered from Teshua, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yep. We've rescued 63 girls so far, and we've opened a second rescue house. We have opportunities in other countries, um, and we're working to get there. Um, COVID has slowed a few things down, but we're working to get there uh, to be able to go into some other countries and, and replicate what what we're doing in Asia and stuff. So, yeah. How can people who are listening that would like to know more about Teshua, how can they find it out on the web? So it's T-E-S-H-U-A-H-T-E-A dot com, or they can also go to DeliveranceT.com. Uh, DeliveranceT.com so or Teshua. Either way, they can get there. Yeah, Teshua T. T-E-S-H-U-A-H. That's so incredible. Brad, uh, what, what's it like there? And when where you are, uh, you're up in the Midwest right now. What's yep. what, up in Tornado Alley, right? Uh, I think we're north of it a little bit. We don't get we get tornadoes once in a while, but not like Oklahoma. So oh, that's yeah, we're true. Up in Iowa and, and it's not bad. It's not as hot and humid as Orlando. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, those I'm of us that, that are in in Central Florida have been feeling the heat recently. That's for sure. Yeah. Grateful for you, Brad. Grateful for all that you've done. Amazed at your story of how God protected your life. And even more amazing is then after he protects you, saves you, heals you, you get to go Mm -hmm. and get part of this incredible ministry that's making a difference. And I think that's something that we all need to look and pray about and consider. So thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. And friends, thanks for joining us today on The Shepherd here on Afternoons with Mike. We'll see you next time.